this week, it's the man who's responsible for making everything look great, everything feel comfortable, everything safe, everything clean. It's a big job. And Dougie Beatty is that man, and he joins us on Erskine Veterans Radio right now. Hello, Dougie. Welcome along. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's absolutely our pleasure, Dougie. Uh, Let's talk about you then. You're the Head of Facilities and Support Services, which we're going to find out a lot more about what that includes and involves very soon. But first of all, start by telling us a little bit about your background, because whilst you have had quite a long career working in facilities and support services within a a healthcare setting, you, you do have a military background, first and foremost, don't you? And tell us about your experience there and, and the things that you were doing in the armed forces. Yeah, well, I I joined the army at 18, um, served 22 years um, across, you know, several countries and areas. Um, when I left as a warrant officer, I found a job back in my hometown of Air as the facilities manager at the Ayrshire Hospice. I spent seven years there and then the job at Erskine became available and I was successful when I applied. So um, tell us a little bit about your your military background first. You, you touched on it there and, and you spent, as, as quite a few people within Erskine um, have had this experience, of course, as well, of, of coming from uh, a military background and then finding themselves at Erskine too with a different career, perhaps, to, to, to what you would have had in the armed forces. But tell us about your time in the services. Well, I, I joined the REMI. Uh, I was a mechanic to trade. Um, I did my basic training in North Yorkshire, Catrick. My first posting was to Germany with the artillery. I got attached to different arms. Um, within that first posting, I deployed on the, um, to the first Gulf War, Operation Granby. Um, then I spent nine years in Germany with different units, came back uh, to the UK to complete a an artificer course, which qualified me to promote through the ranks to warrant officer in the Remy. And, you know, I finally finished off at Edinburgh as the brigade artificer. We deployed on to Afghanistan in 2007, 2008. And, you know, I left as a warrant officer because I, I felt that was the time to leave rather than try to commission into the, the officer ranks. I decided it was time for a fresh start. And your fresh start took you to your path where you are now and into facilities management in healthcare settings. But prior to that, you had some other jobs, didn't you? It was quite a change from the army, though, when you when you hit Civvy Street in that first job. Well, my first job out of the forces was actually as an engineering manager in a chicken factory, which was a totally different um, ball game. Yeah, just and, a bit. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that didn't last too long. It was working away from home and it was just... Um, it was an experience uh, that taught me how civilian life is so much different to military life. Um, but I took, the, I made the decision to actively seek a job where I could use my qualifications, which are you know the background in engineering, health and safety, and project management. <clears throat> and I was lucky enough that the job at the Ayrshire Hospice came up. I wasn't involved in the care side. I was involved, similar to now, the facilities and support element of the, the organisation. And then moving on to Erskine, what was it that, that drew you to Erskine? Because clearly a, a massive charity in Scotland, being in the armed forces, you would have been aware of, uh, of of the work of Erskine, I would imagine? Yeah, I was. And it was actually at the time where I, was, I decided that my 
time was coming to an end at the Usher Hospice and I started actively looking for additional work and it was just, you know, the perfect storm. This job became available and I, I thought it ticked all the boxes. Um, as a military charity dealing with care, I thought I had experience in all three aspects of it. So I I applied, I, I was interviewed and I was successful and I was I was absolutely delighted to be offered the post. Now, talking about the... the job title, Head of Facilities and Support Services here at Erskine. What does that actually mean for uh, for people who don't really know? What 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 are the, the things that you look after particularly? I, I think the best way to describe it is I look after everything that other people don't want to look after. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody so, has to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, I mean, basically I look after the, the, the estate, the infrastructure, the security, the health and safety, responsible for the catering delivery, housekeeping, transport and portering, and all the non-care accommodation. So it's, it's quite a large remit. And a very important remit as well, because you people want to be in secure, safe accommodation. They want to be in accommodation that's obviously well-kept and well-maintained, and then there's all the health and safety aspects as, as well. So it's there's there's a lot to, to consider amongst all of that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's when I first came on board, they, they had discussed a, a refurbishment program because um, the, the the living environment had become a bit tired, a bit dated, and I, th- I just felt, you know, the veterans deserve the best that we can afford to give them. And, you know, we, we carried out a full refurbishment of all 339 veterans' rooms, um, upgrading the bedding, the, the soft furnishing, the, the flooring, um, and it went down well, it was received well, and it's made a difference, I believe, to, to the environment. There's also the staff environment. Um, we need to look after our staff so that they can look after our veterans. So it's keeping them safe, make sure they're working safe, make sure um, all the facilities that they're using, all their equipment is, is up to date and, and suitable for what they're trying to do. And it's down to the, the small details as well. And what's, uh, what's the, the sort of overall theme of... Erskine in terms of how things are decorated and how it's presented because I hear from some veterans and we've had some messages saying you know they, they love it it's 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 like living in a hotel you know they're, they're living their best uh, their best times some of them I think live, enjoying the facilities but what's the overall theme around the, the the layout and the design of Erskine? Well I mean the initial layout of the buildings I mean if if you were to run a, a a commercial care home you would not lay the buildings out as we have because we're designed for comfort and a living experience other care homes are designed for profit so so if you look around our buildings that they're, they're well they're aired well they're bright they're they're spacious and um, we've added touches since the builds uh, were completed to give additional space for the veterans the the, the color scheme when we refurbished was given to all the the care staff, all staff, to look and choose the, the colour scheme they preferred for their area. And, you know, what we try and do is have a bit of, you know, it, we want it to feel like home. We don't want it to feel like it's a care home. We want veterans and, and re- relatives to have a say in what we do. And, and that's what we did. And one of the things that falls under your remit is housekeeping and, and cleanliness and things. And, and that area, of course, along with health and safety, must have been a, a huge challenge over the, the last year. What are the, the things that you've you've learned and, and had to adapt to, particularly over the, the last 12 months with everything that's been happening in the world? Yeah, I mean, it was. It was we, we're lucky we've got a, a really good um, housekeeping team 
housekeeping department, well, as all the departments are, and we'd had experience of um, infection control and closing down houses and dealing with infected areas through other viruses that can come into the homes, but never on this scale. And we, we, it became apparent that although we were doing everything right and we were doing it well, we needed to do it more often uh, to, to combat this uh, pandemic. And that took its toll on the team. Um, but we've we've identified efficient ways of making sure all of our residents, all of our resident areas, are safe and up to the highest standard. But it has been it has been a challenge. It's been long, tough days for a lot of the staff. And you know, without their dedication, I don't think we would have um, managed to to deal with this the way we have. Yeah, a huge team effort all round, really, to to, to be able yeah. to deal with everything. Yeah, I mean. All the teams, I think sometimes it's the housekeeping team are integral and they, they do an excellent job, but they, they couldn't do it without the help of the, the porter team who, who help with the waste, etc. And clearly the, the catering team as well, who are um, delivering meals all the way through this to to the, the areas and make sure that nobody's, you know, nobody has disadvantaged through this. The, the, the meal delivery, the housekeeping and the, the portering service has never... Um, the service standards never slipped throughout this, which is, you know, it's, it's testament to the staff we have on board. We talked about how being at Erskine is not like being at a, a, a normal commercial care home or, or anything like that. And that must be the same for how it is to work here, because many of the people who work at Erskine have been there for quite a long time. You know, so people obviously enjoy and love being part of the team at Erskine. What's what have been the, the, the real high points for you over your time with Erskine? I, I genuinely enjoy going into work and, and interacting with some of the characters who come about the, the homes, um, some of the veterans who you, they've always got a, a, a bit of friendly abuse for you, depending on your your loyalties to certain teams. Um, <laughs> they've, they've they've always got a, a word of advice on how we could make a better make a change. Uh, you know, so we introduce just by talking to, to veterans, we introduced the, uh, you know, um, interaction with them to change the menu or adapt the menu to suit. Um, we've um, introduced different ways of, you know, decorating the rooms. We've we just everything that they they put to us on the on the suggestions, we we take a view on, and if we can impl- implement it, we do. And I I, t- I think we take the view that you know nothing's too good for them. It's just a case of if we can do it, we will do it. And I think the veterans appreciate that, and certainly the families appreciate it. So we can't wait to get the Harry's Cafe open, which was really a focal point of the main home, uh, where the veterans can come down and interact with their families outside of their, 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 their house setting. And that will be another step in the right direction for them. And we've spoken on previous weeks about the Reed McEwen Activity Centre as well, which is another focal point where people get together and meet, and not just veterans who are living on site, but from from around the community as well. Which, you know, and, and for you being a, a a veteran too, I suppose from from the from the forces, great to get together with 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 like minded people and that camaraderie and, and and all that kind of thing that a lot of veterans really thrive on. Yeah, I mean that. Throughout the pandemic, it's been closed, but we've also been refurbishing the the the, the Mac to to make it to winterize it so that all veterans can make better use of it. But every time you go down there, there's all you can always hear the banter. You can you can tell that everybody's enjoying themselves, and it makes such a difference to them. And the 
the ones I've spoken to on the estate who who have missed it, you, you can tell what it means to them. Um, how how much it's it's changed their lives to be able to go down there and interact with people from the from a similar background. You still have the rivalry between the the forces, you know, the Army, Navy, and RAF, uh, and that's good to see. And it's like it's, at times it's like being back in the forces. Dougie, tell us a little more about some of the range of accommodation available at Erskine, because we're aware of the the Erskine home, the the care home facilities, but there's some new additions as well. For example, the Erskine supported transitional accommodation, which is a new thing that's that's opened in the last uh, week or two. Tell us more about the range of accommodation here at Erskine. Yeah, well, what we're trying to achieve is a, a kind of veterans village on the Bishopton estate and and to, to achieve that we've had to kind of accommodate younger veterans as well. So aside from the care home we've got five assisted living apartments uh, which are attached to the main care home and those are for veterans who not they're not ready for a care home environment but they could do with a bit of help so we provide meals and a laundry service and there's a nurse call system. Mm. So five individual characters in there who are absolutely brilliant to, to deal with um, they, they certainly know how to keep me on my toes. Then we've got 44 cottages, uh, one, two and three bedroom on the estate. And that's that's family, homes for life, independent living. But we're basically landlords, but I'd, I like to say landlord plus because we do more than um, just take rent off them. We, we, we try and look after them, we try and interact with them. We try and, you know, build a sense of community amongst all the, all the tenants on the estate. And we've, just this month completed the build of 24 transitional support uh, accommodation apartments and this is where we found that veterans leaving the forces at short notice of a younger age or working age were kind of missing out and they were being you know left to their own devices and what we've what we've seen is a chance to offer them a bit of extra support a bit of um wraparound support to get them long-term accommodation suitable uh, employment and just give them that little bit longer to transition back into civilian life. Um, and that is a new venture for us, which we're really excited about. And I think a lot of people are not fully aware of the, the breadth of age range that there is within the Erskine homes and the Erskine accommodation and, and across all of the sites. And as you say, creating a village and really from 40s beyond 100 years old, it's 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 a massive spread, isn't it? Well, Actually, that, that used to be the case, but with this new accommodation block, we're actually um, looking at bringing in a 17-year-old veteran. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, that is us going the full scope. That's as, as somebody said to me, that's us possibly looking after the youngest and the oldest veterans in Scotland. Yeah. Um, which is quite an achievement for Erskine. And it, like I say, it's a new venture. It's, it's an exciting time because it's the unknown with this one and it'll be the achievement of sending somebody out the door with the keys to a new a new house with a job to, to hold down uh, and you know help them pay their rent and settle, settle back in that's what we're looking for with that and as you say I mean, we, we've we've spoken to people um even over the last few weeks while this station has been in existence who uh, of course find themselves leaving the armed forces pretty abruptly sometimes through no fault of their own injury or or some other traumatic experience or or, or whatever that can't be planned for. It's not like you have a, an illustrious career of 15, 20 years and, and you gradually plan your retirement. It doesn't always work out that way, does it? It can be a huge shock. 
Yeah, and, and that's exactly what it is. I mean, the, there's all so many different reasons. I mean, the 17-year-old um, clearly hasn't been in for a long time. And, you know, the transition back out of the forces is arguably more difficult than the transition in because from day one of joining the forces, you have somebody telling you what to do, where to go and how to do it. When you come out, you don't have that safety net. So, and it can be a shock to the system. As I came out after 22 years and I found it quite difficult. Um, but I was lucky that I had, you know, irons in the fire, but not everybody is in that position. So, yeah, it gives that. We've got a support worker who will devise a plan for them, a, a plan to get them into interviews, get them training, get them experience, even if it's volunteering. And, you know, signpost them to the right um, agencies. We've got different companies who have partnered with us who want to employ veterans. So there's um, construction companies, there's, there's the Barclays uh, Vets programme that we're, we're tapping into. So this this what is what we see is if we can help 24 veterans per two years, because it's a two-year tenancy agreement, then that's 24 veterans that aren't going to become a burden on society, i.e. going homeless or, you know, having or couch surfing, sofa surfing, stuff like that. And that is a huge issue, isn't it? There's, there are a huge amount of people who do find themselves in trouble like that, having left the forces, you know, sometimes at short notice or or, or you know, at any time really that that, yeah. that find life and adapting to life difficult. Yeah, I mean, people join the forces for all different reasons, and some people are joining to get away from a situation that's not good for them. And if they come out short notice, they don't they certainly don't want to go back into that situation. Um, so and this is when you know they, they get lost in in, in the um, the ether, and people pick up. You, you can walk around any area, any any city, and you'll see people sitting there saying, "X forces, please help." And if we can reduce that number and help them, then that's that's what we try to do. Thanks for joining us, Dougie Beatty, and um, keep up uh, keep up the good work, looking after everybody. Thank you very much.